Hello, love buddies. Welcome back to another episode of The Wedded Podcast with your hosts, Jen and Steve Van Elk. We're a semi-professional look at wedding planning and marriage. Basically, we're going to help you get together and hopefully stay together. Jen, I was reading an article the other day. It's a, it's kind of an old article, but I thought it would be helpful for people to maybe hear our opinions, our takes on. Um, this is the first time I'm hearing this. Yes, it I is. I have not heard anything about this yet. I'm making a show here, Jen, whether you want me to or not. <laughs> um, so the article was in The Guardian, and they just wanted to know, is it rude to invite guests? to a 5.30 a.m. wedding. Don't think. What, what, <laughs> do you, you just, just want a straight up bla- answer? Blast off, off the top of your head. What do you think? Okay, Boom. I am all about the how could it be a yes or a no in pretty much any situation. So, but my initial thoughts, if it's a local wedding, absolutely not because... That means you'd have to start getting ready at like 3 a.m., possibly 2 a.m. in the morning. That sounds absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't know why anybody would choose to do something like that. Now, I think it would work on the other hand if you are flying to like a time zone that is just a completely different than what you are used to where mm-hmm. being at like 5.30 is actually feels more like the afternoon for you or the evening for you. You're like, nobody show up early to this wedding. <laughs> I want everybody to get there the day before so you're all still super, super, super jet lagged. No, so like, we'll all be ready at 5.30 No one would ever do a destination wedding and fly the day of the wedding. And I'm just saying like, it would be a lot easier. I have definitely changed. I've realized that I used to, as soon as I get to a location, I automatically adjust to their time zone. But I started changing my schedule here at home where I'm going to bed earlier and I'm waking up earlier. And that's made it incredibly difficult to travel anywhere out of the Eastern time zone. Mm. I live on California time, even when we're here. I know it was super easy for you. I was tired the whole time. <laughs> I was getting up at like 5 a.m. California time and I was like wide awake, felt really rested. And what Jen's referencing is we just shot a wedding in California, which was not at 530 in the morning. Praise the Lord. It was not. Thank goodness. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think uh, 530 in the morning would kind of work like. Let's say you're going to like Island, Iceland, Israel, Israel, and yeah, and you want to you want to go at the time of the year where it's dark all the time, and you want to get married under like uh, the the moving lights. Is that what that's what they're called, right? Southern lights, I think, is yeah. what they're called. Yeah, the the southern the southerners lights, the Middle Eastern lights. Really? You said I. You said Israel land, right? did i oh gosh um so you're trying to get married under the northern lights 5 30 a.m yeah let's do it you're gonna get some dope 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 you know you can see northern lights later in the evening as well right you don't have to get up at 5 a.m yeah but like maybe like like you want like northern lights and you also want like that feeling of like the sun should be rising soon but it is Iceland in the middle of the winter, There's so it's not going to rise for a while. to make this couple happy. <laughs> We're trying to make me happy right now, Jen. <laughs> I don't care about this couple. You have more 
opinions on this fake wedding than you did our own wedding. You better believe it. Our own wedding, there's only one thing I cared about, and that was getting married to you. Now, a fake wedding, um, I'm going to have everything to care about because you're not in the picture. What? I'm not even in the picture in your fake wedding? Uh, I'm a guest at this fake wedding. (laughs) I'm not getting married at this fake wedding. Oh, my gosh. Steve has fake weddings where he imagines he marries someone else, I it's guess. Hayek. I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'd marry her too. So I know. <laughs> um, I mean, you do you, but. But let's say your dream was to have breakfast after your wedding ceremony. Why does it have to be 5.30 in the morning? I can't even eat at that time. I barely can eat at like 9.30. Because brunch is for bougie ass bitches. Yeah, you want brunch. breakfast. Oh, okay. Well, you can still have breakfast at 10. How long does it take from the start of the ceremony until you eat at the reception at most weddings? Come on, Jen. Ceremonies at 5.30, then you got photos afterwards. No, you're not going to have photos after. You're going to have photos after the reception. That's just going to be the deal. I like to imagine a wedding where it's like 5.30 in the morning and like you just roll out of bed in your pajamas. You slept in white pajamas all night long and uh, you you roll out of bed at 5.15 and you know, you're all in like the same place together. You literally walk down the aisle with that bed head. Maybe you got oh, some rollers in yeah, your hair. Yeah, that's totally yeah. something. Where is this going? Because I'm um, you're losing my like attention. The and... coolest wedding ever. No. Oh my gosh. Afterwards, you have Who a cereal are bar. Are you cereal Who are bar? You think... That is cereal the bar. lamest. Who wants cereal at a breakfast wedding? Um, everyone. No, cereal soups popular. Toast. You want to have an omelet bar. Oh, you know what's better than stuffed French toast? Lemonade, mimosas. French toast cereal. Think about it. What's oh better than gosh. French toast cereal? Steven doesn't Chicken want a wedding. cereal. He wants to be back in college and living in his little frat house. That's really what he wants. One, I wasn't in a frat in college. Well, two, it was not a frat, but you lived with how many guys? 20 two, guys uh, in one house? Two, I didn't eat cereal because I didn't eat breakfast in college. Oh, thank you. And cereal is a food that is only to be consumed, in my opinion, which is all that matters to me, at breakfast time. As a child. There is no lunch cereal. There is no dinner cereal. It is only breakfast cereal. And it is not a wedding food, Stephen. I am so sorry. You feed cereal to children. Adults should not eat cereal. You Unless eat cereal like all the fiber time. fiber cereal to help you go to the restroom. Yeah, shredded wheat. I don't eat any cereal. I have not eaten cereal since I've probably been pregnant with Ian. That is a lie. That is not a lie. Mm. 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 I've seen you go downtown, Charlie Brown, on some... Why are you laughing? Why are you You're really, really trying to come up with something right now. I've seen you go downtown, Charlie Brown, on On... a bowl of wheat rounds since we got married. (laughs) Exactly. I've seen you eat Lucky Charms. Do not lie to me. Um, Before you were diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, I mean, you couldn't eat gluten. I saw you eat lucky charms. So maybe, like, when I say, like, never, I mean, maybe three times since we've gotten, since Ian has been born, I've had a bowl of cereal. The truth will set you free, Jennifer. Three times. That is nothing. That's like, 
what how many breakfasts have I had since we've been married? Like over I listened to a whole podcast devoted to breakfast cereal and meditation called The Empty Bowl. And I don't even eat cereal. So cereal, oh my gosh, Steven, cereal why has a so, pretty why, why do you... solid place in the zeitgeist of America. <laughs> it does not. I Favorite cannot cereal, wrap my brain. Who one, is this? two, three, go. None. Honey Bunches of Oats. I seriously cannot think of one cereal that I would choose to eat over like an omelet or eggs on toast or oh that's because you're spoiled because i make you eggs on toast or anything like i would waffles pancakes anything over cereal so enough talk about cereal and breakfast i think we both agree 5 30 a.m is way too early for either one of us for a wedding we don't wake up that early on a normal day no we don't and most people do not wake up that early unless they are getting up and exercising, which means they'll have to get up and exercise at like three. Oh, that sounds terrible. Um, exercising, not waking up at three. I, if it's a 5.30 a.m. wedding, like you'll maybe, just stay up. You yeah, won't go to maybe sleep. Maybe you just pound some Red Bulls and stay up. It's kind of like when we decided to, when we switched time zones and we decided to stay up until like 3 a.m. their time. It was like we were going to bed at like six our time. <laughs> so I, I want to get into like our main topic, the main meat of this episode. Jen and I just traveled to California to shoot a wedding a few weeks ago. And one question we've seen a lot of people asking online is when you fly a vendor or pay a vendor to drive or take a train or travel somehow to your location for your wedding, what is it that you're actually expected to pay for as the person? Because most people will just say um, that you have to travel, you have to cover travel expenses. But we wanted to kind of talk about what travel expenses you would actually be expected to cover if you are hiring somebody to fly from, say, Indiana to California to shoot your wedding. Yeah, I think that's a really good question to ask. A lot more people are considering taking in vendors, flying in vendors. Now that we have social media, it's a lot easier to see other people's work, whether it be florist, a planner, a, uh, a photographer. Um, it's more accessible to find vendors from out of town. Um, Which florist traveling for weddings blew my mind. And, they and do. we talked to a florist who was like doing that. And I was just like, but it has to cost so much to bring flowers with you. And like, oh no, we source them once we get there. And I was like, yeah. oh, that makes so much more sense. I'm an idiot. It is a lot more work for the vendor. It really is. And you have to consider also, especially if they're going to be flying or driving longer than five hours, they're going to have to stay in a hotel. It means that they're losing an entire, another entire day. I mean, for instance, when we shoot a Saturday wedding out of town, we're not going to be able to book the Friday or the Sunday, the following, the following days. So we're missing out on an entire weekend that we could be booking other weddings mm. locally. Um, I think... Probably we lose a little bit of money, but it ends up being worth it because we get to express ourselves creatively and we get to shoot in a different location. And I think a lot of um, vendors feel that way. Just having a refresher of a, of a new venue, of a new location can make 
the whole day more exciting, Mm -hmm. um, which is really nice. Um, But it's definitely, definitely, definitely not a vacation. It's work for us and it's work for all of your vendors too. So um, I would fully expect to, um, as a, like if we were a married, uh, a couple, engaged couple looking for vendors, I would fully expect to pay full price for a florist, a photographer, any wedding vendor that you would be bringing to your wedding. Mm -hmm. Now I know some vendors, especially like photographers and videographers will list on their website. Like there's a flat fee if they travel anywhere in the world and it'll just be like an extra thousand, thousand five hundred dollars. I don't see a ton of that because I feel like a lot of times um, people who start out doing that quickly realize like they can't fly to Paris to shoot a wedding when they live in Idaho and, you know, actually make money doing that. Um, So what most people end up doing who are running a business like catering to weddings and stuff is they charge for travel. Um, But like how how much would you say like a, a bride or a groom could expect to pay for travel. Um, most of our listeners are in the U S so let's keep it like U S centric. So if we let's do say like you're, na- yeah. national, if somebody's okay. like flying someone from like, like we just did from the Midwest out to California to shoot their wedding, like ballpark well, it's, figures. It's going to be def- It's definitely going to be different for each vendor. Um, now what I could focus on is photography because that's something that we're familiar with. You've got to consider that, um, especially if you have a large photography team, um, like for us, we're a husband and wife team. So um, our couples expect both of us to shoot. Um, so we're flying two people out. So you've got to factor in two plane tickets. Um, I know for most couples, they're making the, de- the decision to um, book a vendor a year, maybe even two years in advance. Um, so that is going to be harder to figure out what plane tickets are going to cost but um i usually just give my couples an estimate like i think i can do it under this and so Mm -hmm. what i try to do is i try to buy buy plane tickets for what i budgeted for myself Mm -hmm. um so for instance if i quote a couple um eight hundred dollars for the flights then i'm going to be spending the next you know six months or so trying to find a price within that range Um, and so what we try to do is we have to factor in how much equipment we need to bring with us, how many, what's going to cost for bags and those sorts of things. And I try to bundle that into the plane ticket cost so that there's not all these additional fees that my couple feels like they have to take on. So, um, I try to get an estimate from, um, just looking at maybe what that month looks like for that year, or even what plane tickets are looking like three months from that point in time. Now you can check that too to see if it's in your budget. So if it even feels like it's worth reaching out to a vendor to see if you, they would be willing to come out. Um, I think there's a lot of benefits to bringing someone in from a different area. Um, of course, they have no experience in that venue, but it also could mean that they are able to do, make it something different. I know that sometimes uh, people can get into a rut in one location mm-hmm. where it just kind of starts feeling like it's the same work over and over again. Um, 
Now, and that would mostly be for like photographers and videographers who feel like that. And even florists, like mm-hmm. the way that they're decorating a room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, or even uh, like coordinators and planners and yeah, yeah. And designers and those sorts of things. So I think there are benefits of that. Um, of course, not knowing the space too can also be uh, a negative, but um, if you can, if you can talk with the vendor about your expectations about them seeing the space beforehand, whether or not you want them to be at the rehearsal. Um, now it's not really um standard policy for the vendors to be at the rehearsal. That's usually an extra cost, but some vendors will include that to be as like a thank you for flying us out and paying for our hotels and all of those sorts of things. Um, but that's something you should lay out as like expectations, what you're expecting. Um, and also with flying people out, like you don't want to fly them out the day before your wedding you want to fly them out at least two days before your wedding. That way if a flight gets canceled or something, they have an opportunity to try to rebook because flights do get canceled and like that is stressful and it makes things more difficult. We had a snowstorm the week that we left for California. Thankfully it ended before we flew out, but um, I knew that was one of the concerns of our couple is that we wouldn't be able to fly out. And I, I mean, I pretty much told her, you know, we've already set this, that we're going to be flying out on a Wednesday and your wedding's on a Saturday. That will give us a plenty of time to be able to find another flight. And I said, if or all if else fails, really had to, we can drive it. I know, that's what I said. If all else fails, we will be drive. We will be jumping in the car and be driving for 24 hours straight to get to your wedding. And we've done that drive before and it is terrible. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. It is absolutely terrible. And I think on the way home, Jen would have flown home and I would have been stuck driving the car home alone because we have kids and they have school and everything. Yeah. And yeah. That would have been real bad, but you know what? <laughs> Probably Could have downloaded like, some audiobooks, really dug into some new stuff, you know? That'd yeah. have been good. I, do, I think I do a lot better in the car by myself than you do, though. So maybe we would have talked that over. But that's besides the point. We didn't have to do that. Um, so let's think about Let's make a list of all the things that you need to consider. You need to consider third days. Um, I would... I would factor in some additional costs the day before and the day after the wedding too. Um, like, um, like a per diem almost for food, um, food and hotels or Airbnbs or wherever they're going to stay. And I would, I would usually do that as a separate like travel cost, but I Mm. usually do like a travel fee, which would cover some food and extra expenses that I wouldn't have if I was at home. Um, also a, the transportation. So any kind of transportation that I need to take, whether it be a subway train, I need to rent a car. Uh, I need to take taxis from the, from the, um, hotel to the wedding, whatever it is, I'm going to factor that into my costs. Um, another thing you want to consider is, um, the hotel expenses, um, Now, if you, something you want to consider, um, as far as like keeping costs down, um, if you're in a place where there isn't really much of a, um, there's not much transportation, like you don't have Ubers, um, which is a thing, Mm -hmm. um, like you, if we did a consider, wedding in New York City, we could take Ubers or the subway sure, and get but around. If, if someone's having a wedding in, in Fort California, Wayne, Indiana, well, they're like not going to. Yeah. But like our recent wedding was in Newport Beach yeah. and uh, you can't, 
you could take an Uber from, from LAX like out to there, but it, yeah, it'd be but super expensive. One thing you can consider is like to save some, if you do want to save cost, um, picking up your vendors from the hotel or picking up your, having someone pick up your vendors from you in the airport and having them pick them up at the hotel. Um, those can be some considerations. You can, that would be something you offer. And if they want to take that extra expense to be able to, to rent a car and understand that like you did make that offer, but um, just be considerate of their time as well. I mean, they're going to be in a new place for an entire day, being able to have access to different restaurants, food, um, having a car so they could drive around if they wanted to yes. or whatever. Um, would I would put the transportation in the consideration as well. Um, any other fees you can think of? Uh, you know, I think you gotta you gotta factor in like a big entertainment fee because like they're gonna want to like have fun while they're there too, <laughs> and you know like. Maybe they need to like run a surfboard and, you know, just hit the waves one day. Yes, just, you know, surfboard in uh, Iceland. Really, really, you know, get out there with the sharks and stuff and just, you know, tempt fate. Just see, see what's going to happen, yeah. you know? One thing I do leave out is that, um, for instance, we came in on a Wednesday. Um, now, it was a little bit cheaper for us to fly on a Wednesday than for us to fly on Thursday. That was one thing. Um, but factoring in what it would cost for our hotel room, it wasn't cheaper for us. Um, but we decided to come in a little early so we could see some friends. Mm -hmm. um, as a vendor, I don't feel like my couple should be responsible for paying for that extra day of running a car, that extra night at a hotel. Um, so I don't factor that in, but I would factor in the day before and the day after the wedding. Um, so at least two nights at a hotel, um, actually probably three considering two that. Two days before if you want to fly days. in early. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, two or three nights at a hotel, uh, is pretty standard. And like Jen said, you can offer to let them like stay at an Airbnb you rented that's really big and has space for them if they want. But like, just remember like that might be an uncomfortable situation to put one of your vendors in. Yeah. And so they might not be cool with that. So just remember like, even though you might have the space and it might not cost you anything more to just add them on because you rented a giant place, you know, um, you still got to be cool with them saying like, Hey, I'm actually not comfortable with that. I'm going to need like my own place. Cause like a lot of vendors when they travel are bringing a bunch of gear with them and it's expensive and like, they don't know your friends and family the way you do. So they don't maybe have that trust for well, them the way you do. It's not even trust though. It's just being comfortable. You're in a situation yeah, where it's all of, all of these people are coming together for this really important events. And even though it's important to them to be a part of it, it's not the same. And you mm -hmm. just kind of feel like an outsider as a vendor. And unless they're, I would say, unless they're a friend of yours or a BFF, um, yeah, a friend of yours or relative, I wouldn't even suggest have staying in the same place. Um, now, if there is a place for them to stay, you can always offer and say, here's a couple options. You know, we do have a place for you to stay. You're going to have your own private room. We can do that or we can factor in the price for the hotel and stuff. But, you know, we would really love to put that into additional money for a package. And then maybe that would be more even more encouraging for a vendor to mm. want to stay in a place to save a little money. 
But just know anytime you fly somebody out or have somebody drive out to where you are, because like Jen and I will do weddings sometimes in uh, up north in northern Indiana or down south or you know in Illinois or Ohio. So like we we have to travel where we can drive sometimes, and like even with that, it's still like we have to tr- charge something for like hotel stays and food and stuff like that. Sure. Um. So just know that like no matter like how f- far away it is like if you're more than an hour away from where your vendor lives like they might have to charge you a travel fee for that it, it is true um one thing you need to consider is that most of your vendors are going to be working all day and a lot of them are going to be ending later in the evening um for for some of those other um, instances like hair makeup, if it's in driving distance, then more more than likely they're going to be just heading back home or go heading to another wedding. Um, but like for instance, for like your planner, your photographer, your videographer, um, when they're traveling three hours from their home to be at your wedding and then your wedding doesn't end until 10, 11 o'clock. That's an incredibly long day for them. And then to be able to drive back home um, could be potentially dangerous. Um, so we usually to keep for as photographers to keep your photos safe. Um, we always just recommend our couples to at a certain point, if it's like right on the line, we recommend it. Uh, and then after a certain amount of miles, we require it. Um, so if we don't have another place to stay. Now we do have family up north, so we do that complimentary. We don't charge them any additional fees. Um, but we, if we're traveling south, we're almost always staying in a hotel that night. Mm-hmm. Another thing to think is, I know we talk a lot about like, videographers, photographers, planners who might have to stay late, um, your hair and makeup people, they might be showing up super early in the morning. So a lot of times it's good to have them pay for a hotel for them the night before the event. Absolutely. So if they're coming from like three, four hours away, which we have a friend who, former podcast guest, Andy uh, Sherman, who lives up in Northern Indiana and travels down to Indy for a bunch of her weddings. And so, um, that's like a two, two and a half hour drive for her, I think from where she lives. She lives like close to where I grew up. Um, so like, that's one of those situations where it might make more sense to have them. If your start time's really early, pay, pay for them to have a hotel the night before so that they can be there early in the morning um, for your thing. And you don't have to worry about them like waking up at four or, you know, three or four in the morning to try to get there. And like, it's just, it's just dangerous for your vendors to be out like driving when they're really sleepy and tired. Well, not only that, if they're not requiring you to put them up, you know, I would consider, you know, how much experience they have with weddings. Oh, I would consider giving them an extra big tip. (laughs) That's what I would consider. (laughs) I was just thinking like, as a younger photographer, as a less experienced photographer, I was not offering, I was not asking my couples to pay for hotels because I was afraid that they they wouldn't book because it was an extra fee. But in reality, it was showing that I didn't have any experience in running a business. Mm. Um, for someone who's good at what they do, um, it shows. In and we're not their, saying that their... to scare you off from the person who's not charging you for that. Like maybe they just have a bestie who lives right around the corner from your venue or for something sure. that they're planning to stay with. We're just saying that as like, you know, 
um, make sure to bring it up if you know they're coming from far away. If they haven't already. <laughs> yeah. You know, every vendor likes to just feel like they're getting like a warm hug from like their couples <laughs> that they're working with. And like a lot of times that warm hug is just like making sure like they're going to be okay. Which is so weird to think about on your wedding day when it's like everyone should be making sure you're okay. But like at the same time, like you want them to be well rested. You want them to feel safe. You want them to have a great experience at your wedding as well, because that's how they do their best work. And you want them to do their best work at your wedding. Yeah, I definitely will say that like dehumanizing vendors will not give you like... Well, I don't understand what you mean by dehumanizing. I I lock all my vendors up in the cattle. They're just saying, like, if you you just feel like the way the wedding industry has changed is that these are these are people's lives. Like, vendors are sacrificing their social life, their weekends to to do this business, and we honestly, the majority of us are so grateful to be part of this because we love to be able to be we love love (laughs) y'all and we love to gosh (laughs) that's really cheesy um we love to be able to create but also creating something meaningful like these are this is incredibly meaningful and to be a part of something like that is amazing but when you feel like you've sacrificed a lot we have sacrificed a lot the past 10 years of us giving up almost every single one of our weekends. It really hurts our social life. I saw one of my best friends the other weekend when I was randomly at a bar. He lives a mile away from me. <laughs> it's the first time I had seen him in person in six months because he has a quote unquote normal job where he works, you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday. And I work mostly on the weekends. So it's so like never whenever him. I'm free yeah. to hang out, he's like, oh, I got to go to bed, dude. I got work in the morning. And whenever he's free to hang out, I'm like, ooh, I'm shooting a wedding, bro. And we've missed out on a lot of stuff. We've missed out on weddings we've already booked. So then friends have picked the same date. And so we had to say no just so that we could do our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that we should be given any praise for doing our jobs. We're doing our jobs. But when we do make those sacrifices, it makes it very hard. It's like having a, ba- a bad boss when couples are um, inconsiderate. Because technically every single couple who's hiring us to come shoot their wedding or do makeup or flowers or whatever, technically that couple is our boss that week and leading up to that week and stuff. So, I mean, you've seen the movie Bad Bosses, right? You know how that ends. No, I don't. How does that end, Jen? Can you lay out the entire plot for me? Well, someone goes to jail, someone dies. (laughs) And it's the bosses who the bad things happen to at the end. So, wow. Think about that as you're hiring people to work your event. You could be in jail. You could die. I mean, honestly, though, like, we've had a decade of couples and nearly, you know, between 20 to 30 per year. This is almost 300 weddings that we've shot. And I can probably only count on my hands the couples that have been couples that have been really hard to work with. So I think that's just Less to than show. Hand, let's be honest. No, it's been about a hand. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very rare. I mean, that's that means it's like at least one couple. I mean, it's just every other year we have one couple. 
that we might might have been really difficult to work with. And even then, like I hear some of the other horror stories that from other photographers that I'm like really glad that we end up attracting amazing people. I feel like every uh, vendor I know says they attract amazing people to work with, and that's not true. You're not talking to the same people. <laughs> I'm not as talking to the same people as you. <laughs> the people I talk to all attract amazing people. I guess it's because I'm an amazing person, so I tra- attract amazing people who attract amazing people. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I did attract you. Wink. We are married, <laughs> but I attract terrible people. So. <laughs> That's, I don't know why you put that out into the world. I didn't tell you to. Um, no, it's it's very, I think that for the most part, the people that are listening to this are not going to be the type of people who are difficult to work with. And it's it's a lot of times it's not even the couple. It's like family members that make it more difficult. Um, We're getting way off topic from what you can expect to pay know, for. but this is a podcast and this stuff happens, right? So... So is there any other expenses you can think of that people might have to pay for? Um, have we ever been required to get insurance when we traveled somewhere else in the country? I didn't want to even approach out-of-country wedding shooting uh, for us because technically, like, you have to get, like, a work visa, visa and everything yeah. like that. Um, so there's, like, a whole nother level of expenses there. And we haven't had to do that because the only international weddings we've shot have been for family members. So yeah. we were... Not really working, yeah. but working. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, we had like a loophole to get through that. Cause like when you're, you, when you can be like, I'm the brother or sister of the bride yeah. or groom or whatever, um, then like, you know, they're not going to turn you away cause you brought a DSLR with you, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, it can be quite stressful traveling with all the equipment that we have, um, but I love, I really love doing it, um, but more of like a once or twice a year kind of thing. <laughs> for some people, they really, really love to do destination weddings. And I really just want to do it for the right people. And we've, honestly, the destination weddings that we've shot, live absolutely love those couples and would go out there in a heartbeat, go to where they live in a heartbeat and shoot it all over again. Cool. So I don't think we have any more advice to give about what you might expect to pay um, when bringing somebody in from out of town. Um, So I think that's going to do it for us this week here on the Wedded Podcast. Where can people find us, Jen? If you want to connect with us online, you can find us at Wedded Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you want to join the awesome community of listeners we're growing on Facebook, you can join the Wedded Facebook group. Don't forget to add your love buddies to the group. You can also visit our website at weddedpod.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wedded. I love you, babe. Love you, Stevie.